0: Welcome to the Educo Community Podcast. I am your host, Colin Robertson. So my guest today is Eric Thurwanger, the expert behind goal planning strategy. As the founder of Think Great, Eric draws from his experience as a U.S. Marine, executive business leader, a salesman, and an entrepreneur to help organizations achieve a greater level of success. Eric's presentations have been requested by businesses such as Sam's Club, branches of the U.S. military, including the Air National Guard and the U.S. Marine Corps, as well as charity organizations like the American Cancer Society. Our conversation focuses on how Eric developed himself as a leader, where his core principles come from, and how he puts those principles into action with his team and in his own life through the program that we built with him, Goal Planning Strategy. So, without further ado... Here is my conversation with Eric Thurwanger. All right, I'm talking today with Eric Thurwanger, the expert behind goal planning strategy. Eric, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks, Colin. Great to be here today.
0: Great. So you have a terrific background in leadership. And for anyone who hasn't seen your TED Talk or heard it yet, just tell us a little bit more about how you learned to become a leader yourself and how you try to instill those lessons in others.
1: Well, yeah, I uh, started actually with, in 1987 was when my leadership journey began. And I like to say I started a leadership journey when I stepped off of the bus at the recruiting depot in San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. And I really had entered boot camp, but realized later that I had entered a leadership factory. And it was a really interesting process. and. There was training, but there was also development. And during that whole cycle of transformation from a recruit to a Marine, it was more than just training us with our weapon. It was more than training us to swim. It was more than training us in the gas chamber. It was really developing us as leaders and how to look out for the person to our left and right. And so I I like to say that that's the beginning of my, my journey in leadership. But it really extended past my four years in the Marine Corps, and I I was able to use leadership traits and principles to um, better myself in college and then also in the workplace, too. I was the vice president of a media company in Southern California, and I found myself transplanting those leadership seeds in my team there. And our our organization in in Santa Monica actually grew 303%. Um, As a result, not just the better equipment, not just the better systems, and not even just training, it was really because we developed our people. We had an emphasis on people development, and the best way to do that was through the development of their leadership skills. So I think that's an area where the the business sector can really have an edge if they focus more on the development of their people, not just the training of their people.
0: Hmm. So what do you believe that the Marine Corps, like what specific practices do you believe the Marine Corps instills in its leaders versus the corporate world?
1: You know, one of the first things we learned is we started to learn the traits of a leader. In other words, the Marine Corps has 14 leadership traits, um, and they range from justice and judgment to tact and knowledge, um, dependability and decisiveness. And I think where they're really strong, and this is where I feel it lacks in the civilian sector. Um, significantly, is the Marines identified what the traits are, or in other words, what's a distinguishing feature characteristic of a leader, and they came up with their 14. Sure. And they, they do a lot more than just post them. Hmm. They talk about them, and they develop their people to really understand the expectations of a leader. And when you think about it, they planted those leadership seeds in me when I was 18 years old. And I had only been in boot camp for you know, a few days when we're starting to learn about leadership traits, yet most businesses never really get to the leadership development side, yet they're promoting people to a position of leadership, but they're never really teaching them what the traits and principles and what the purpose of being a leader is. And I think the Marine Corps has a, a great starting point for that, and that's during the onboarding program called boot camp. that they're simultaneously developing you as a leader so that you think of people differently.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I can really see that being a a disconnect there in the corporate world because, one, I I doubt that many have even taken the time to say, okay, what really makes a great leader in our organization and how can we instill those principles in the people when they come in, like, like you did when you were a recruit?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because I felt like there was a lot of chaos happening in boot camp, So there was a lot of yelling and screaming and, and crazy things going on. I can imagine. And through it all, they were, yeah. And through it all, they were consistently discussing leadership with us. Hmm. And so even before we were finished with our probationary period, even before we earned the title of United States Marine, they were developing us as leaders. And, and at the end, what did they really want? They wanted us to think like leaders, act like leaders, perform like leaders, so that we could achieve the highest levels of success and success for the Marine Corps is you come back home, you accomplish the mission, but you also make it back home. And so I think that when you look at it, a lot of businesses say that they, you know, they care about their people. Um, I actually saw it in play in the Marine Corps and they care so much, they develop you as a leader so that you can truly look out for your troops, um, in the most people centric way. And so those, those leadership traits they planted in me at 18, Um, They've always continued to grow. Now I I feel blessed because what I do with Think Great now is is leadership development, uh, among many other things. But I get to now transplant those leadership seeds into other people and watch them grow Mm -hmm. internally in them. And then they get to replant them in their teams. And then you create a foundation or a culture of leadership. And 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 truly transform your business into a people business.
0: Sure. So, did you the the, the Marine Corps' fourteen characteristics of a leader? Did you use them specifically mm-hmm. in the civilian world as well, or have you kind of refined them with your own process? What what, what do you try to instill in the people that you uh, consult with as well as your own team?
1: Yeah. So, in in my book, the Leadership Connection, I actually list out those fourteen traits, mm-hmm. and to me if it's not broke, don't fix it. So So, I I still adhere to those 14. But what I do with businesses is is something unique. I I go in and I help them to identify the traits that mean the most to them and their people. And most businesses will tell me, or most business leaders will tell me that leadership is important. It's a foundational principle and it's important to our organization, but they struggle to define it. They can't Mm. define what a leader is. And so one of the areas we start with is just what traits are important to you. And for a lot of them, they're very common. It's it's maybe being a better communicator or being honest, having integrity, um, being compassionate. And so we help teams of leaders to actually identify uh, the traits, the characteristics and and features that people need to rise up to to be a leader. Because if you're promoting somebody to the position of a leader, but you haven't taught them the purpose or the traits, um, you've kind of stacked the deck against them. And having those traits as a benchmark for performance, it really gives us something to strive for as leaders.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for those people who are put in those positions, I mean, when you are put into a leadership position without any training, you basically just have a title and you have to figure it out for yourself. (laughs) And titles are by far the worst uh, leadership tool you have.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and not only does that person who just got promoted experience it, so do the teams yeah. and the other leaders, you know, they, they all know they're not equipped. Mm-hmm. It's it's like giving, it's like giving the keys to a car to somebody who has not been trained or developed to drive that car. That's a great um, analogy. sure they have the title of, you can have the tri- title of driver or a driver's license. It doesn't mean you know how to drive yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get to, we get to go in and, and strengthen up those skills with people and actually give them. The traits and principles needed uh, from a leadership perspective, so that they can be better for their people, and guide them, and coach them, and help them to hit goals, help them to set goals uh, for starters, but really keep them on track and, and understand that you know, leadership is is more about coaching and guiding and mentoring and connecting people um, than it is about managing. Sure. So, so we just we really help them to identify what it means to be a leader in their organization.
0: Sure. Do you have any stories of when you've gone in and and uh, made a real difference in a company or uh, just a group of leaders themselves?
1: Yeah, so we've actually had, we work with a number of different businesses, uh, small, medium, large, Fortune 500s and, 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 and mom and pop shops. And it's not uncommon for us to get some emails saying it was transformational. Hmm. And to me, that's one of the ways that we gauge our success at Think Great is did we get a transformational email today? Hmm. And it's not just that, wow, that that was nice, that, that makes sense. Um, we're seeing that when leaders apply the traits, the principles, the definition of what it means to be a leader, and they start to develop a leadership culture, uh, the whole environment changes. So we will get stories of people who say, you know, leaders who say, I was ready to fire this person. They were on the chopping block, if you will. And they started to develop them as a leader, and the person rose up. The person started to have um, more insights on how to make the organization better, or they stopped complaining, and they started finding solutions. And um, it really is an epidemic out there of the lack of leadership. And I think that's why you see so much disengagement in team members today. The, um, The disengagement is really a leadership gap. And so when you start to fill that gap up with skills and traits and principles and people who want to lead and guide and coach and mentor, um, the engagement, the empowerment of your team members goes up significantly, which ultimately impacts your results. And we get greater results because as leaders, at the end of the day, we accomplish things through the efforts of others. And if we're not empowering them, then a lot more work falls on our plate.
0: So you mentioned disengagement, and I know that you specifically talk about how millennials are disengaged, and the probably mm-hmm. the leaders who are kind of using it as an excuse that uh, millennials can't be led yeah. or something like that. What, why do you specifically focus on them, in at least in your TED talk?
1: Well, you know, when I get when I have the opportunity to meet with leaders, I'll ask them about their challenges, and, and they'll they'll mention that communication is a challenge. And they'll mention that, um, delegation or team morale is a challenge. So they have their list of go-tos that are a challenge that they face. And and inevitably some leaders bring up that generation. They'll say millennials are my challenge. Hmm. And when I dig down deeper, um, I realize it's really not that generation or any generation in particular, that's a challenge. What I'm finding is it's the leadership skills that are the challenge. I've I've personally encountered more people in the millennial generation that want to be led, that want strong leadership, that want to set and accomplish goals um, than people give them credit for. And and the example I use is this. I think Gallup's poll showed that about 13% of the workforce is engaged, where they actively make a positive contribution, which means that 87% are either non-engaged or actively disengaged. And (laughs) it's really hard to accomplish. (laughs) And it's hard to accomplish goals with that. But then when you look at the military, they have some of the highest engagement levels of any organization. Mm -hmm. And 70, 75% of their ranks are comprised of millennials right now. (laughs) So it really debunks the whole theory that they're lazy, they're entitled, they're job hoppers, and they don't care. Um, We found everything to the contrary. And so what we call that is another leadership gap. And I don't believe that leaders are providing a balanced environment where that generation can thrive. And I think you're starting to see that more and more. Um, They don't just want to be trained. They want to be developed and they will raise their hand, not to mention of all the generations in the workforce right now, and there's five of them, um, the millennial generation is the generation most um, likely to embrace change sure and have solutions on how to make things better so you know there's also so many positive contributions that you know my my biggest advice to leaders is stop pigeonholing them stop looking at them as a label um, mm. there's a lot of untapped potential there So, but that's just my thoughts on that so <laughs> that's what i talked about in the ted talk yeah sure i mean as a
0: millennial myself i i know uh from experience you know we are we are going towards the most uncertain future of any generation before us. Like That's we right. have no idea what the world is going to bring over the course of our lifetimes. And so that development right. is just crucial for us to learn how to adapt and become yep. the people that we need to be to thrive in whatever future awaits us.
1: I mean, so well said, Colin. And you, you do not want to try and manage your way through the fog. Mm-hmm. You need to lead your way through there. And... And I think that that's what people are really searching for. And that's the biggest gap in the private sector right now is just that there's no focus on leadership development. There's a lot of leadership lip service <laughs> and people will raise their hand about how important it is, but they're not investing back into their people. And the, and the best part is that everybody can be considered leaders. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it, every Marine is a leader. That's how they view it so that they're developed as leaders. The the civilian sector, we wait until somebody has the position hmm. to then start to develop them as a leader. And we wonder why they fail.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine that um, one of the things that people could bring up, you know, as as to why the Marine Corps uh, has more commitment than, say, the civilian sector is because of that, you know, you kind of give up a part of your uh, life in order to join them. Whereas with a job, it's sure. a much, much lower switching cost. But... Yeah. Even, have, even having said that, the development is just so crucial that we touched on. And if you could instill that development that the Marine Corps has in your organizations, there's no reason why you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't expect a, at least a similar level of commitment.
1: I, I agree. In fact, when I ran the uh, the media company, I was the the VP out there. Um, we developed everyone as leaders, not just our executives, but our drivers. Um, everyone in operations, everyone in sales, everyone in production, everyone in accounting, they, they experienced leadership development. And, and we grew 300%. I mean, our, our annual sales revenue just skyrocketed and simultaneously the amount of mistakes we had were going down and we had high levels of engagement. Hmm. And it's not because we bought newer equipment. I mean, and some of the equipment was pretty cool. So maybe, but um but the reality is we developed everybody as a leader and it gave us a shared language. It gave us a shared dialogue. Hmm. Um, we understood about pact. We understood about dedication. We understood about camaraderie. So we truly had each other's backs. It wasn't a perfect organization. Sure. But then again, they, neither is the Marine Corps, they, but they, they strive for progress, not perfection. And I think that's what makes it so strong.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you switching to your actual goal planning strategy methodology, how did you come up with it? You know, where does it play a role in your leadership uh, developments and uh, advice and all that?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, going back to the Marine Corps, when I was on the rifle range, um, hitting the target was extremely important. (laughs) In fact, every Marine, every every Marine is a rifleman. So it doesn't matter what your job is. You're expected to take that weapon and hit the target Hmm. um, with a bullet. And I look at the same thing with our goals. You know, it doesn't matter what we do in life or for our career. We all have goals yeah. and we have to hit the target. And, and when I was on the rifle range at 18 years old, they issued us what was called a data book and we tracked every shot. So every day we went out on the range, we tracked every shot and we tracked it for one reason and one reason only. It was to course correct so we could hit the target. And so very early on, I started to adopt that that philosophy of tracking my shots so I could hit my goals. I applied that philosophy in college. Um, as an employee, when I worked somewhere, I also applied it as an executive leader. And I apply it now in business, That the business that I run and the businesses I coach. I really emphasize tracking as a course correction tool, not micromanagement. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I wrote the first book, The Goal Formula, the components of the GPS were in that book on how to track your goals and then it became kind of the next logical step was to create that journal. And that's when we had the book, the GPS, and we had received so much great feedback on people who were using it, that the 90 days became a very transformational period. So we had always envisioned putting together an app for it. And luckily, um, you and your team, you reached out to us and um, saw the potential in it. And here we are launching the app now, which I know is going to be transformational and life-changing and I 100% know it's going to help people to not only set more goals, but to accomplish more goals by, by tracking and course correcting and, and just looking at ways to improve. And that's really the, the purpose behind it. It's not perfection, it's progress.
0: Sure. And you have your own, you're, I really like you because you eat your own dog food, as they say, where you follow <laughs> yeah. your own, your own Do. methodology. Um T- tell yeah. the people i know that you didn't you use the methodology to lose 40 pounds
1: i did actually so my my wife was diagnosed with cancer about 10 months after we were married and this mm. was quite a while ago since then she's had three other bouts of cancer and had and suffered cardiac arrest and through the whole process we we set goals to keep us focused on a on a more positive future mm. and so I utilized, um, this program because when I was her caregiver, I actually stopped taking care of myself and I got out of shape and I, I really didn't realize it as it was going down because the, uh, the circumstances were just, um, were just so challenging. Yeah. Um, you're really not aware of, of everything. So it wasn't until a couple of years later that I realized how much, how much weight I had put on. And, you know, you try all kinds of different programs and finally I just created my own program. And I actually wrote a book about it called The Scale Factor. And I mm. used the GPS to plug in a very simple goal. And my goal was to lose 16 pounds in 90 days. Cause I I loved the 90 day mindset that I first learned in boot camp. And so it was very simple. I just I set that goal, 16 pounds in 90 days. And by tracking my goals and and being accountable to those goals and the, and the steps required, I actually enlisted the help of other people to keep me on track too. So they saw what I was doing. Um, at the end of the 90 days, I had lost 42 pounds. Hmm. And so I far exceeded the goal. And, and the reason was I tracked it and I tracked it to course correct. I tracked it to get better. I tracked it so I could stay on course to my greater purpose, which wasn't just losing weight. It's, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to lose my self-esteem. I wanted to, I wanted to gain back self-esteem. I wanted to be here for my family. So the, you know, I didn't want to die. My father had passed away of uh, adult onset diabetes um, six months after my wife went on remission from the first cancer. So you know, it was possible I was heading in that direction with my health. And I also didn't look like someone who had served in the Marine Corps. So that <laughs> bothered me too. So, so I plugged in the goal and said all those reasons and the tracking of it. The tracking is really the secret sauce. It mm. is what puts you over the top. It's what not only allows you to hit your goals, but it positions you to exceed them. And um, and for me, you know, I went past the 16 pounds in the first month. So evidently I was wrong in my goal. I had a lot more weight to lose than I thought. But, um, but by tracking it and using the goal planning strategy, using the GPS, um, it kept me on track every day. And again, there were days where I didn't lose weight, but it, it was still went back to um, it's, it's progress, not perfection.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've thought for a long time now that the greatest motivator is progress. It's, it's seeing for yourself yes. that this can happen rather than, you know, listening to an inspirational speech, although those are nice. Right. <laughs> it's it's sure. you proving to yourself that you can, you can make a meaningful difference.
1: I, I agree. You know, yeah, and there's there's the initial momentum that's created with some hype and rah rah, and you get (laughs) excited. But eventually, we have to take actions, and we have to be responsible for our actions. And that's really where it was. You know, I had to I had to reassess where I was in life and what I wanted to accomplish. And the great thing about goals, once I lost the weight and I was accomplishing that goal, it, it motivated me to set other goals, like write books, start my own business, impact more people do fun things with the family. I actually had energy to do more with my with my children. So um, accomplishing one goal isn't just about the end state of that goal. It really is. It's a catalyst for all the new goals you have. So the, the GPS allows people to stay on target with their first set of goals, ultimately, so they can set new goals and continue to expand their scope of those goals.
0: Sure. And I was going to say, like many people would sit, would kind of Say, you know, this is such a stressful situation. I'll handle, you know losing weight after yeah. it's over. but it's right. it's so counterintuitive to think that I'm sure that you were a you were better you were a better person for everyone else in your life who needed you at that time because you had made that meaningful difference,
1: yeah, you're right. In fact, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I think when times get tough, people push their goals to the back burner, yeah. and What we challenge people to do, I think great, and when we go out and we we share this message, we challenge them to focus on the goals, especially during the challenging circumstances. And that's one of the things that's even in my leadership book. So it's a it's a common theme through all of our books is to set important goals and help your team members to set important goals so that they can stay focused on a positive future. So the the goal formula itself and the ability to track it, it isn't just for us, it's for the people we encounter and the impact we can make in their lives because everybody has challenges, personal and professional, um, some heavier than others. And sometimes we get hit with something so big, we really do need goals so that we can stay motivated and inspired and, and focused on a positive future. And not stuck in the the, the conundrum of, of a present that sometimes is weighted down by, by so many difficulties.
0: Sure. And I, I would imagine that it would it makes you it reminds you that you still have control over your life, you know, that that's, you know, outside forces are what they are, they're going to impact yes. you and we can't do anything about those, but when you yep. when you make the kind of progress you did, you prove to yourself that you have control over even this one aspect of your life and maybe that'll give you more control over other areas as well.
1: Uh, well said. And and think great when we when we created the company, I had the idea in 2008. And it was literally to get people to think great so that they can c- control their thoughts and their actions, no matter what circumstances they face. Hmm. So I'm glad you brought that up because it is challenging. It's not easy to control both of those, but it is possible. And when you focus on the important goals in your life and the way those goals impact other people, I always like to say the, the why is important, but the greatest priority is your who hmm. and the, the people the people who will be impacted by your goals. So part of the GPS, which is great, you can actually list in there the people Mm -hmm. um, who are going to be impacted, your family members, your friends, your colleagues, coworkers, people who can be impacted by every goal you accomplish. Because if we're doing the process of setting goals and accomplishing them just for ourselves, we may let ourselves down, um, but we rarely let down the people who mean the most to us. Sure. So that's why the GPS, as you know, is, is set up where they can have that accountability with other people. They can have a great partner. They can go on a run with somebody else and, and use each other to help track and motivate and inspire because, you know, there may be some, some roadblocks every 90 days. And so it's important to have that personal network involved with you to keep you motivated and, and on track.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's so easy to to feel sorry for yourself along the lines to making any kind of meaningful <laughs> difference. Is. But when you remind yourself that you're doing this for, say, your kids or your family or your, your best yep. friend or whatever it is, you remember yeah. that you get over yourself a little bit. You get over the, the, the feeling sorry for yourself right. and you remember that I'm doing this for more than just me.
1: Yeah, and you know what, and that really ties back into one of the 14 leadership traits of the Marine Corps, unselfishness, where you put the team above yourself. And and I think we lose sight of that. And goal setting is such an important component. It doesn't matter if you're running a team or if you're a member of a household or if you're in sales. Um, Goal setting is really crucial because um, it takes it beyond just ourselves and really – puts it onto the the who and, and mm-hmm. gives us that new focus on life. Yeah. Because it is. It's easy to come up with the why me. <laughs> um that's why I, I take the why out of it, why me, and I put the who back into it. You sure. know who? Who am I doing this for? And there's really a lot of power in that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when you do speech or give talks and everything like that, what do you, mm-hmm. what kind of principles do you, like if, if the audience were to walk away with one message, one thing yeah. to change in their life, what do you try to give that, or what do you, what message do you try to give them?
1: You know, I think the one one of the most common seeds, as we call it, we like to plant seeds, hmm. is that everything we do and everything we say makes an impact. Hmm. And for people to be really aware of their thoughts, their actions, their words, their gestures, uh, because it sends a message all the time. And we want people to get back into having that self-awareness, which really ties back into another leadership trait, which I feel is the most underutilized, even underspoken in the entire civilian community. That's bearing, how you conduct yourself, how you carry yourself. Interesting. And at 18 years old, we were taught bearing. How do we carry ourselves? How do we conduct ourselves? Because Everything we do sends a message. Hmm. The way we walk, the way we talk, the way we act sends a message. And we really we really try and get people to leave understanding that they are a leader. Even if no one's following them, they can think like a leader, act like a leader, perform like a leader. And leaders set and accomplish goals. And when we set and accomplish a goal, we send a message and we give people hope.
0: Absolutely. That, that's such an interesting point. I've never even really thought about leadership in those terms of making mm-hmm. sure that I conduct myself as I should. And I have, you know, kind of my whole house in order and I'm, I'm a together person. Yeah. It, it never even that's right. occurred to me in the civilian world.
1: <laughs> well, and you know what? We hear a lot of cliches and the biggest one we hear is lead by example and nobody yeah. says how to do it. <laughs> and to lead by example, we have to have bearing. We have sure. to carry ourselves and conduct ourselves, especially, like you said, during the challenging circumstances because people look to us. Yeah. When I was the vice president of the media company, my wife had been diagnosed two times out of her four times with cancer while I worked there. So, um sure, there could be a lot of sympathy for me. There could be a lot of sympathy for her and a lot of outreach, but people still look to see how I carried myself. And that, I feel, is a. Uh, Is such an important trait of a leader. They look to see, am I still focused on my goals, which empowered them? So, you know, we have the ability. I mean, the best thing, Colin, we have the ability to make an impact in people's lives every single day. Mm -hmm. And as leaders, to set and accomplish goals and stay on target with them, um, sometimes somebody seeing us accomplish a goal might inspire them to start dreaming again, thinking big again, or thinking great again and, and taking on new New goals and new challenges in their life.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you. One thing that's uh, your example, or what bearing? Bearing is that the word.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah.
0: It It reminded me of a study I read a while ago that in times of uncertainty, our what people do is they turn to other people to see how do I act, and there needs yep. to be that one person who is showing them the way to act in, a, in an appropriate manner so that they have more confidence that, okay, maybe things are going to turn around here because if if those leaders don't show me the path and show me how to act in this time of uncertainty, then uh, then things start unraveling all around.
1: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, leader leading is a lot like parenting. You know, mm-hmm. we, we need to be the example. We need to be the role model all the time because as a parent, children look to you and they're gonna duplicate your behavior. So it's, it's, it's no different in the workplace. Um, team members are gonna to look to the leader, they're gonna duplicate that behavior. If the team member watches the leader, get stressed out every time um, there's a client complaint or every time there's an issue or a challenge, they, they look to see how we handle it, how we conduct ourselves. And it's interesting, studies show that children duplicate bad behavior even though they know it's wrong, hmm. And those children grow up to be team members who work at companies who duplicate bad behavior, even though they know it's wrong. So the emphasis for a leader to have bearing, how we enter a room, the impact we make with our body language and our words and our dialogue and our actions, is so important. Yeah We just don't think about it. So I like to plant those seeds in leaders to be aware. Have situational awareness of, of what you're doing, because people are watching it, and when you do have a title and you are a leader, that magnifying glass is on you. They're looking to see how you conduct yourself. They're looking to see, did you set a goal and fail, or did you set a goal and exceed it? So they're watching us, which is good. They keep us on our toes. I love my team. They keep me on my toes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So uh, you brought up the team. Has there been, say, any time, like we've talked a lot about success, but leadership is really, really about learning how to respond to failure. Uh, would you mind sharing, say, a time that you faced a failure in your business or personal life and you had sure. to learn how to become a better leader because of that?
1: Yeah, I think that every every business leader experiences failures or setbacks. And, sure. and if you don't, you're probably really not leading. So or lying. <laughs> when they occur, yeah, exactly. And so again, you know, it's when something happens in our team that maybe a team member did wrong or I did wrong, and you know, we go back to the fact that, all right, it's not perfection, it's progress. But what was the intent? You know, was the person intending to do something wrong? And typically that's not the case. So if the intent was, was for good results, but they achieved something bad, and then we just look at it as an opportunity to course correct, an opportunity mm-hmm. to get better. Um, you know, how can we communicate at a, at a better level of understanding? So most of the time that something doesn't go right, there's some sort of gap in communication. You know, maybe the email or the text or the, the, the dialogue didn't happen fast enough, or it wasn't clear enough, or, you know, it was just, it was ambiguous. And I think that, or, or that the intent wasn't there or the tone wasn't received right. So a lot of times we just look at it as a way to get better. And we typically start with communication. How could we have communicated better? Um, So that's, that's how we do it. We just look at it as a tool for improvement.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I love I love your analogy of missing the mark and having that target because when mm-hmm. say I'm sure in the Marine Corps when you were you know on the firing range when yeah. you missed the target I'm sure that the like it, the response wasn't oh feel guilty because I'm a miserable fail failure and I'm never going to get this right. right it was you know I don't have my arms in the right position I wasn't aiming at the right, right. aiming it the right way yeah
1: you're absolutely right yeah yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, that was the purpose of the data book too. It wasn't just so we could uh, mindlessly put information down. We tracked every shot so that not only could we study it, but our drill instructors could look at it with us Hmm. and help us on how to adjust the rifle because inevitably some variables might come up and, and a variable on the range could be something as simple as the wind, but enough wind can knock you completely off the target when you're 500 yards away from it. So the same thing with goal setting. Um There's no difference with it. If a team member is working on a goal or a leader is working on a goal, um, it's still good to have that outside perspective on how we can adjust, how we can improvise, how we come and adapt, and still hit that target. And sometimes, Colin, it's just a simple click to the left or click to the right, and it puts you back on target. And so, so you're right. There's really no um, shaming for not hitting the target. It, it, there would be consequences if you continue to not hit it. But sure. the purpose of the purpose of being on the range. And having the target and using the data book was always course correction. How do we, how do we hit the target? Because at the end of the day in combat, the target fires back. <laughs> and so there's, there's, there's a really great purpose for it. And, and those drill instructors, once you become a Marine, then become your brothers and you're going to coach your family in a way to keep them safe. And that's where it all comes from because ultimately the Marine Corps is a people business. That's what they do. They develop people. They don't just train us with our weapons. They develop us to think like leaders, so we can hit the target.
0: Absolutely, and yeah. accomplish mission. Yeah, and it's we don't we don't always have you know a you know losing weight for example we don't always have that person from the outside who right. is able to give us the the um, objective <laughs> help that we need right. when we say miss our target with our weight goals. But we we really right. need to ask ourselves. I could see a whole lot of benefits from saying, okay, I set my my weight goal as losing 16 pounds per month and I only got yeah. five pounds down. Asking yourself, yeah. okay, was it the behaviors that I did wrong? Was it the was the goal way too ambitious from the get-go? Asking yourselves those sure. questions is so much better. Yeah then uh and say oh i missed my goal there's no way i'm gonna ever lose weight and then you know break up the cheetos <laughs> right well
1: uh, yeah and yeah and and for starters a very quick weight loss program is to go and enlist and go in the marine corps they'll handle that <laughs> in the boot camp. but um, if you don't want to do that if you don't want to do that then the gps will really help you because like you're saying um, the tracking site is important we have to course correct yeah if you say hey i'm going to lose 100 pounds in 90 days, I mean, that's, that's significant. Um, that might be a long-term goal, not a short-term goal. And you might say if your long-term goal is 100 pounds, maybe the short-term goal is 25 pounds this quarter. Mm-hmm. And so for that 90-day run, you can have something where there's these benchmarks that you're hitting that keeps your energy level and your enthusiasm and your motivation up. And then the next 90 days, you do 25 pounds and the next one you do 25 and the next one. Um, and by the end of four Cycles four ninety day runs you've hit your long term goal, but you're absolutely right. I think sometimes people set a goal so big and they go after the entire goal and they quit because they didn't hit that perfection and they missed the they missed the progress of it,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean that's why um having something like the journal entries uh, i've Yes. Been, I've been using GPS for uh, a couple weeks now, and that is just so powerful in saying, okay, where, where what were my strong points today, what were my weak points today, and how will I improve tomorrow? Yes. That is just so powerful.
1: Well, and everybody has the ability to stay focused for about 90 days. That's why boot camp is 90 days. It's transformational. They train us, they develop us in a 90-day period. We earn the title of Marine in ninety days, you just start to imagine the power that people have at their fingertips by just taking control of ninety days, just scheduling out ninety days. And I think everyone listening to this right now is going to agree with this statement that the next ninety days are coming. <laughs> None of us can stop it. Yeah. But we could do something with it. We could control the next ninety days. And and that's why I think this tool, I'm so excited about it because I've seen the book, The Goal Formula, and the GPS, the the hardcover or the the, the hard Copy. I've seen it impact lives. I've mm-hmm. seen it be transformational in, in personal and professional um, you know, endeavors for people. But now with the app, it's right at their fingertips. They're going to get reminders. Um, they literally have a great partner, a mm-hmm. secondary great partner, with technology that's keeping them reminded of everything they need to do. Um, and I think, that what, I think that, that what the Educo team has put together is, is so on target. Uh, no pun intended, or maybe there is. <laughs> so on target with the end mission of this app, which is to help people to accomplish their goals, no matter what circumstances they face. And um, and honestly, Colin, you and your team just nailed it with this. Just just phenomenal.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I love what you said about the next ninety days are coming. I've. I've always uh, thought that, you know, the one of the best things you can do is turn time into an ally. And, you know, you have time has to yeah. pass. So you can either use it to better your life or you can use it to become indifferent and start losing grip on the, the things that are important
1: to you. Exactly. And in, in the goal formula, I actually talk about, since I'm not a big fan of management, I call it time mastery. Hmm. and
0: That sounds so much cooler. And, and there's
1: really... Yeah, I just I know. I don't want to manage time. I want to master it. Yeah. Because if you don't, it, it masters you. And there's really only three things we can do with our time. We can waste it, we can spend it, and we can invest it. And I do believe that when you take the next 90 days and you invest your time in it, you can set and accomplish any short-term goal you want that will then piggyback into and become a catalyst for your long-term goals.
0: Yep. As you proved yourself that real change is possible.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Great. So I don't want to take up any more time. I really, really appreciate you talking with me today. And is there anything else you would like to tell the audience before you sign off?
1: You know, for starters, thank you so much for everything you've done to turn the the GPS into a reality as an app. And you know, I just I want to encourage everybody that's listening to this to get back into the zone of dreaming big, Hmm. thinking great, setting and accomplishing your goals, and utilizing the GPS app to stay on target. thank you very much for
0: listening to my conversation with Eric Thurwanger. If you're looking for more resources on how you can take action on Eric's advice, please check out his TED Talk, Millennials Are Not Your Leadership Challenge. You can also learn more from him at thinkgreat90.com, or of course, check out his program, The Goal Planning Strategy on educocommunity.com. That's it for this week. Tune in next week for my conversation with Scott Geller on his latest book, Life Lessons from Psychological Science. I will see you next time.